Today's episode is being recorded Friday, January something of some year. January 22nd, 2021. This show is already a mess, and it's only the intro. Who knows where we go from here? The plan is to talk about John Lennon, Rush, and David Bowie, and also some other stuff, some current events and things going on in my life and things like that. Who knows if we will get to those things, because we started off in a weird place, and it's bound to only get weirder and less sensical from here. I'm going to recommend that you buckle in, because I'm Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Hey there, Checkmates. What you just heard is what happens when I record the intro to this show before I have recorded the bulk of the show. It's a lot more aimless and well-intentioned, but not necessarily correct. Uh, Thank you for joining me here this week. I know that I kind of took a couple of weeks off there. I'm sorry about that. I had every intention of uploading a show uh, at least last week. I recorded a show just with how I had it scheduled in my life. I was recording the show on January the 7th, which was... It turned out a bad day for me to do it, because I have a recording from that date that is unusable uh, because of what happened in this country on January the 6th with the insurrection at Washington, D.C., with the Senate floor being invaded by people who had no business being there, many of whom are thankfully being arrested right now, several of whom, unthankfully, are out on bail right now. Um, That was a very dark day in our nation's history. It is a day that may or may not end up in history books. I'm hoping that it ends up being so comically minor of an infraction that it isn't. Um because those people don't deserve to be remembered in history books. Nor does the quote-unquote president, that is the first time I've ever called him that, nor does the quote-unquote president who inspired them. Uh, The episode that I tried to record on the 7th was 45 minutes of me ranting, raving, pronouncing doom and gloom, doing everything but what this show is. So I decided not to upload that and uh, to to just kind of wait for a little while until my emotions were in check. And I decided that I didn't want to record a new episode until after the inauguration took place. Partially because, frankly, personally, between you folks and me, I was a little afraid that someone was going to shoot President Biden on Inauguration Day. Which, maybe the only reason some of them didn't is because that if they had done that, then they would have been stuck with America's first uh, woman of color as the president, and they would have hated that even more. Uh, That's a sad place 
to be as a nation that the only reason a guy doesn't get shot is because they uh, don't want the progress of his running mate being in the in the office in the Oval Office. Um, I went I went into inauguration day feeling a lot of emotions. The primary one was fear. So. On that level, what those bastards did on the 6th in our nation's capital worked, because those were terrorists and they brought terror. I will not view them as anything else. They were absolutely not members of quote-unquote Antifa, which is not an organization, it is a concept. They were absolutely right-wing crackpots, far right-wing crackpots. I don't know if there's a QAnon affiliation or whatever. I try not to give that much credence, to be honest with you. These were just horrible people, just lunatics, just domestic terrorists. That's all they are. I haven't learned any of their names. That is my policy with terrorists. That is my policy with mass shooters as well. I never learn the name of the terrorist. I try to make it a point to learn the name of at least one of the victims. In this case, the terrorists also took some of their own as victims, as some of the people who were involved were among the people who died, as was a member, at least a member, debatably two members of our police force in the, in the country. And that's, uh... look, this is a pop culture show. I know this isn't what most of you come here for. That was a dark, dark, dark day in our nation's history, and it has been a dark couple of weeks as a result of it, and I've not been in a place where it felt okay to talk about pop culture on my dumb little internet chat show for a little while. Um, the inauguration that took place this week of President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris did a lot to buoy my spirits, as I hope it did yours, regardless of where you stand on the political spectrum. I want to say, if I have any Republican listeners listening, uh, if, uh, if you're out there, all one of you, <laughs> because let's face it, by now you've probably checked out of this show if, you've, uh, if you're, you're on the uh, right. Um, if I do have any Republicans listening, I recognize and accept that those lunatics on the Senate floor likely did not represent you because most of you that I have met and talked to in real life are normal, sane people who never would have done that. And I appreciate you and I thank you for being sane. Uh, I, in the derogatory things that I've said in this episode and in others, I do not mean to single out you. I mean to single, single out, frankly, the result of what happens from being too close a follower of your party, but that doesn't mean that you're bad. Your party, I have issues with. You, the individual, maybe not so much. Um, all that to say... These past couple of weeks, I've not been in a headspace to talk about fun stuff. I've only been in a headspace to pronounce doom and gloom and be convinced that we're deep into the next American Civil War. And we very well might be. It just doesn't look like a war. It looks like something else. But uh, 
uh, certainly brother has been against brother in recent months and weeks and years. Um, not me and my brother. Me and my brother get along. Dave's out there possibly listening to the show. He should come back on the show. We do we do good episodes when he's on the show. They're fun, and we don't get... Uh, I don't do these maudlin, long, rambling intros. Uh, but definitely family is being torn apart by what's happening in our country right now, and that's sad. Uh, the Biden inauguration made me feel like maybe there's a little bit of hope out there. I <laughs> hope that there's hope, and uh, maybe some families can come back together as some of the insanity stops being broadcast 24-7. Um, I'm glad that so far, a few days into the new presidency, the biggest scandal that we have is that Joe Biden owns a Peloton bike. Isn't that a relief? Don't you feel great knowing that uh, I'm recording this show at 9.22 p.m. on Friday the 22nd, and it feels great to know that it's 9.22 p.m., and like right now, Joe Biden has been in bed for an hour already. That, uh, that feels pretty good, you know? Uh, it feels good to know that my first thought in the morning when I wake up doesn't have to be, oh, fuck, has he tweeted yet? Uh, that, uh, that's a good feeling, and I hope you feel that way too. Uh, even those of you who are on the right, I hope you, uh, can breathe a sigh of relief, knowing that maybe your party can move forward and put up a candidate in the future who isn't a publicity stunt and isn't insane and isn't horrible. Uh, your party is very likely to put up a candidate with whom I will disagree strongly and with whom I will say negative things about. But uh, I hope that your party, those of you on the right, sees this as an opportunity to reform, to regroup, and to become something better. I still won't vote for you, but I would very much like for your party to be grand again. Which I don't even know if it's been in my lifetime. Because my lifetime started with Reagan, the actor, in, in the Oval Office. But I, uh, I know you're the party of Abraham Lincoln, and I hope one day you can be that progressive again. That all out of the way, my spirits have been lifted in this past week. I have been encouraged. I have... Loved what President Biden has done so far. I am deeply, deeply moved and inspired by seeing Vice President Harris doing what she's been doing and her family being just incredible and amazing. Her stepdaughter is awesome. Like, seriously, take some time and Google Ella Emhoff, E-L-L-A-E-M-H-O-F-F. -F. That's uh, uh, Kamala Harris's stepdaughter. Uh, she is uh, just like... A, a weird, dorky, cool, awesome, uh, artsy, craftsy girl. And by girl, I mean grown woman who is in her 20s, but younger than me, so I see her as a child. Uh, that is not her fault. That is me being old and behind the times. Uh, she's uh, uh, She seems like a lot of fun. Uh, Google her. She seems like a blast. I am really looking forward to her... Uh, just occasionally being in the White House around, 
and seeing something that, like, that bust of Washington could really use a crocheted sweater vest, and she does it and just leaves it there, and the Bidens are walking through two days later, and they go, now what in the hell, who <laughs> did, uh, Kamala? Uh, like, I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that happening. Uh, I have been uplifted by what I've seen going into the White House lately, and it's made me want to do this show and have fun and talk about fun stuff again. So we're going to talk about some fun stuff. I only have one segment planned here for today, other than the segment that just happened, which wasn't really planned, but happened anyway because I felt like I needed to address it because when you're in the middle of history, it seems like it's insane, not to mention the history. So uh, there we go. I mentioned the history. We can put that behind us. We can move forward both as a country and as a podcast, and we're going to talk about some fun stuff today. And hey, if you like this podcast, if you want to know more about it, there is a companion blog, which you should really think of as the home base of this podcast. I sometimes post there in between shows and whatnot, and if there's not going to be an episode, I'll post something, although I didn't this past week because it just kind of didn't happen, but... Regardless, uh, there's a there's a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. I have a great relationship with them there. They're fantastic. You can, of course, listen to the show on any podcast app of your choice. You are probably doing that now, unless you're one of the wonderful people who goes over to the blog at emptychecking.blogspot.com and listens to the show on the player that is there while you're looking through the photos and stuff like that. But you can listen to it on whatever. We're pretty much everywhere, unless it's one of the weird ones where nobody knows that it exists yet. We're everywhere else, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you want to leave me a comment, by the way, do it, uh, please, on the Podbean site or on the blog, or go over to DerekBrink.com, where you can also learn about me and my music career and send me an email. I've actually gotten a few emails, and I've responded to them, and uh, we might do a viewer mail, a listener mail section. There's not a viewer aspect to this. You're watching nothing. But uh, we might do a, a listener mail segment on this sometime soon, because I've gotten some good questions here lately. Uh, but yeah, DerekBrink.com exists, and you can read about me and my music career there. And if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, go over to DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com, and you can download all of my solo work there for absolutely free. Just enter zero as your purchase price, and you can have it. I don't collect your email address. I won't even know that you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. Now that that's all out of the way, folks... I think this is going to turn out to be a good episode. I started drinking vodka before I even started this episode. I'm drinking Tito's vodka. It's American-made, it's handmade, and it tastes delicious. Uh, that's what uh, this show is fueled by. So uh, it could get weird, or it could be... I don't think you'll actually notice much of a difference, because I'm, I'm kind of the same guy... Uh, regardless of what I'm drinking, I just uh, get a little bit uh, louder. Uh, so I, I don't think you'll notice a difference, but I know what this is fueled by, and uh, I thought maybe I'd share that with you at least briefly. Uh, yeah, that's where we are. We're going to do a, a good episode where we're going to talk about music and stuff, uh, but first we're going to play some music and stuff, so I hope you enjoy that too. I wish you harm, but I'm really not sure You've 
got a lot of things you should account for But you could probably say the same to me Thank you for asking, I've been doing just fine But let's not pretend that Okay, we've got some music that I want to talk about We've had some some stuff that, uh, there's, there, there's just been some recent kind of anniversaries that have happened that have put the artists I'm going to be talking about, who you already know who they are because you heard the intro to the episode. Uh, I, I, I've had these guys on my mind because of uh, some anniversaries that have passed recently, uh, most of which are sad, but uh, it's reawakened me listening to these artists. So we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about them. Uh, each of them has had an impact on my life in different ways, and each of them has had an impact on music in different ways. And I just wanted to give you all a brief kind of glimpse into maybe where to start with a couple of legendary artists who you've almost certainly heard a lot about in the last month, if not longer, but who maybe, if you're not a fan, you don't know what to grab, you don't know what to listen to, you don't know what's good. You know, uh, so I want to I want to do a brief segment talking about some artists who we've lost, who have had significant anniversaries related to their losses in the past couple of weeks, who maybe you don't know what you're supposed to listen to. I want to give you some recommendations of what to listen to. Did any of that make sense? Uh, I don't know. And you can't answer me. I mean, you can answer me if you want to, but if you're just sitting in your office right now listening to a podcast on your earbuds and you say, yeah, it made sense out loud, people are going to turn and look at you because that's a weird thing to do. Same if you're working from home and your wife and child are sitting there and you just blurt that out because you were listening to this on your Raycon headphones. Uh, Raycon is not a sponsor of this this podcast, but they sponsor a lot of podcasts, so I thought I'd say their name, and maybe they'll just start sending me money. Uh, maybe you're listening to this on your Raycon earbuds, your Raycon wireless earbuds that everybody likes, because uh, they're apparently great, I guess. I don't know, they haven't sent me a free set of earbuds yet, but maybe if I keep talking about them, they will. Uh, Raycon wireless earbuds... Uh, the, the earbuds with which you listen to the Empty Checking podcast, uh, maybe you're listening to those, to, to, to this on those at your house and you said something out loud when I asked if all that made sense and your wife and your baby looked at you and were like, something's wrong with daddy. And, uh, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's what your life is like. (laughs) Maybe that's what, what happened. Um... Let's start with John Lennon. Uh, (laughs) Made myself laugh. John Lennon, uh, recently we passed the 40th anniversary of the loss of John Lennon. John Lennon passed away in 1980, the same year that I was born, incidentally. Uh, There is no significance to that. It's just kind of a fact. He, uh, my entire life has been lived without John Lennon in it. He died a couple of months before I was born, and I have never known a world with John Lennon in it, but I've always known a world with John Lennon's music in it, so I've kind of known a world with John Lennon in it. Uh, but he's been gone for 40 years as of this year, and he died at the age of 40, so we've spent as long without him now as we've spent with him. My entire lifetime without John Lennon is as long as people had John Lennon on the earth when he was here. 
Uh, John Lennon, uh, you know, in, in case you don't know who that is somehow, he is perhaps best known as one of the significant halves of the Plastic Ono Band, uh, <laughs> along with his wife Yoko Ono. John Lennon, the, the Beatle, the former Beatle, John Lennon. Uh, you know who John Lennon is. You're not listening to a pop culture podcast with no idea of who John Lennon is. Uh, or was, or whatever. Uh, John Lennon. He, uh, uh, of course, we could talk about his work with the Beatles all day long, but let's let's face it, you know where to start with the Beatles. You've heard the Beatles song that is your Beatles song. You probably have the album that is your Beatles album. Hell, by now you probably have every Beatles album, or at least you have enough greatest hits and stuff like that that you don't need every Beatles album because... Some of those albums, there's one, two songs on them, but the stuff that is out there that is 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 the Beatles' best work, you've got all that on the greatest hits compilations or whatever, or the anthologies or what have you. You know what you like by the Beatles is my point. So we don't we don't really need to talk about that. What I want to talk about briefly is John Lennon's solo career. I am of the controversial opinion that John Lennon actually wrote better songs after he left the Beatles. I'll give you some time to process that. I'll I'll give you a little bit of space right now to just shout at me for a couple of seconds. I know, I know, but hear me out. Uh, the stuff that he did with the Beatles, the stuff that he, the you know, the Lennon McCartney stuff, is timeless. It's going to live forever. It's wonderful stuff. It's absolutely earworm type of material. It's great. I love it. I'm not saying anything bad about it. You're not hearing me. I'm saying that as a musician, his song structure, his composition, his way of processing what he was trying to say versus the delivery of what he was trying to say got better in his solo career. Yes, by proxy, that means that I'm saying that he wrote better songs with Yoko Ono than he did with Paul McCartney. I understand why that makes you angry, and you know what? I'm going to give you another couple of seconds, another few seconds just to scream at me as a result of that. Go ahead, right now. I hear you. I really do. I get it. I know that that's an insane position to take, but I think I'm right. Because if you look at his solo work, if you look at the songs that were significant from his solo career, and you listen to them, and you compare them to what he was doing with the Beatles, even in the last days of the Beatles, you can see him pouring so much of himself into his solo stuff, so much more of himself into his solo stuff than he ever did with the Beatles. And you can see him really developing and changing as an artist as he wrote on his own and as he wrote with Yoko. By the way, I'm not a huge fan of Yoko Ono. I'm not a Yoko Ono defender necessarily. Artistically, what she did was... A nightmare. I've heard those first three albums that he did with just Yoko Ono, the uh, unfinished music albums and the wedding album. I've heard those. They're just noise and they're terrible. And uh, I'm a guy who has listened to Lou Reed's Metal Machine music multiple times and been fine with it. And I can't make it through the John Lennon unfinished music albums. They're just unlistenable. They are literally just noise. And so, I, look, I get it. I, I, I don't want to come off as saying Yoko Ono was a great contributor to his music. But at the same time, 
Yoko Ono was kind of a great contributor to his music. If nothing else, in just the fact that when John Lennon found Yoko Ono, he found the love of his life. He found the person that made him a better person and that made him want to produce better art, if not initially weirder art, he eventually got to the point of wanting to produce better and nicer art because he was in love with Yoko Ono, and that's kind of beautiful. Uh, musically, she was a train wreck. Musically, it, it's it's nothing to write home about, as, as far as her performance on his stuff, anyway. Uh, although I've noticed that uh, it's a lot more fun listening to the Yoko Ono contributions on John Lennon's solo career if you imagine that she's Joanne Worley. Just give that a chance next time that you next next time you listen to a John and Yoko song. Uh, imagine that she's Joanne Worley, and you'll have a good time. Uh, but what? Yoko Ono did in his life, I think, was ultimately positive. I think John Lennon became a better person because of her, and I think he became a more loving person and a better writer because of her. We have all heard the rock and roll legend of John Lennon being a bitter, grumpy, uh, abusive person in the past, and I don't know where those accusations come from. They may or may not be true, but we've all heard them. We've all heard that John Lennon has a past of being spousally abusive, even. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I haven't done the background research to dig into where that accusation came from. If it came from uh, one of his exes, then that's one thing. If it just kind of is rock and roll lore and rock and roll fantasy, it's a completely different thing. Uh, I'm not here to cast that stone. What I am here to say is that once he got together with Yoko, I think he became a fuller person, and I think that that's greatly reflected in his music. And if you want to get into John Lennon's solo career, then 2020 would have been a good year for you to do that, and it's still a good year in 2021 to do that because this album is still readily available. They put out a two-disc compilation of what are being referred to as the ultimate mixes of some of his catalog that uh, I believe Yoko and maybe even Julian and Sean, his sons, had a hand in. Uh, there's a new package out there called Gimme Some Truth, and it's a two-disker, and it uh, covers pretty much all the bases of his solo career. I have most of his solo career in CD format, although there's an outtake out there somewhere that's just John kind of losing his mind and swearing and doing a like a really catty, weird take of a song that I don't know what it is. I've heard it once, and I can't find it. If anybody has any idea what I'm talking about, please contact me. But uh, I, I've got a lot of his significant work. The Imagine album, the first real solo album after the Noise albums. Uh, yeah, I, I've, got, I've got a handful of his stuff. But uh, uh, the Give Me Some Truth compilation that came out, Covers all of the bases you're going to need if you're a surface-level type person, if you if you just need a starting point with John Lennon. Give Me Some Truth is great. There are a lot of John Lennon compilations out there, but this most recent one sounds great. It's got great mixes. It's got different mixes than what you're maybe used to if you've heard some of his stuff in the past. And it's just an excellent song list. It's 36 tracks, and everything is on here that you know from the radio or from commercials or that you didn't even know was his. Just starting to read the back of this thing, CD1 is a powerhouse 
of great songs. With Instant Karma, aka We All Shine On, you might not know what is Instant Karma. It's that one, We All Shine On. And the moon, and the stars, and the sun, it's that one, you know that song. Cold Turkey, Working Class Hero, my personal favorite John Lennon song. One of my favorite songs, frankly, mark that down, Working Class Hero. Uh, Isolation, Love, God, God, incidentally, one of the best songs about being an atheist that's out there. Uh, Power to the People, Imagine, of course. Uh, Jealous Guy, which is a just an incredible song. Uh, Give Me Some Truth, of course, is on there. It's the name of the compilation. Oh My Love, How Do You Sleep, the diss track about Paul McCartney. Uh, oh, Yoko, Angela, there's a live version of Come Together. It goes on and on. Of course, the Christmas song is on here. Of course, Give Peace a Chance is on here. There's not a miss on this compilation. I picked it up just on a whim. I heard it was out, and I thought, you know, there's a couple songs on there I don't have. I think I'll give it a listen. And uh, picked it up and just had a great time listening to it, and have listened to it over and over again, and it's made me want to investigate some of the albums that I don't have in my collection. It's, uh, it's a wonderful listen, and if you need a starting point for John Lennon, Give Me Some Truth is a wonderful, wonderful starting point. It's got a little bit of everything. You will be surprised if you're the type of person who has never investigated his solo career other than what you've heard on the radio or just around, you will be surprised by how many songs on this compilation you already know. It's it's really a great foot in the door, and it makes you want to go deeper. John Lennon's Give Me Some Truth is a win for me. It came out last year, and it's still very, very relevant and very, very available this year. If uh, you've been inundated in the past couple of weeks with John Lennon stuff in your social media feeds because the anniversary of his passing just uh, passed, uh, then this is a good place to start if you've been wondering where to start. You can check it out on Spotify or whatever, but please uh, pick it up in physical format or at least download the thing and pay for it because uh, uh, people deserve to get paid for their music and Spotify doesn't do that and most of the other streaming services don't do that. So physical product and actual download, that's the way to go. Uh, That said from a guy who you may be listening to on Spotify right now, but whatever. Uh, John Lennon, Give Me Some Truth, the newest compilation absolutely worth your time. It's a really great track list. It's a really great listen. It sounds wonderful. They're different mixes. They're they're significantly better mixes in most cases, uh, although some of the slapback reverb on the vocal, because I know it's there, because I do mixing and stuff, like, I really notice it, and I wish they dialed it back a little bit, because, like, in the old mixes, it was there, but you didn't really hear it as much. It kind of blended into the overall sound. It's a little bit more out front on this, so if that kind of thing drives you crazy, maybe grab one of the other compilations. But uh, uh, even though I noticed it, I still, like, once I got used to it, I still had a great great, 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 great time listening to this compilation, and I think you would too. Check it out as soon as you can if you're interested in that kind of thing. I also wanted to talk about the recent one-year anniversary of the passing of drummer from Rush, Neil Peart. He passed away on the 7th of January a year ago, 
And uh, although we didn't really know about it until the 10th, he passed away on the 7th. Uh, if you go back in time on this show, one of the episodes that I'm the proudest of in this show's history is the one where I talk about the passing of Neil Peart. Uh, it also did very well in the metrics and whatnot that I try not to pay attention to, but every now and again something jumps out at you. And that one uh, uh, apparently struck a chord with a lot of people. Thank you if that was your jump on point to the show. I'm glad you're still with me. If that wasn't your jump on point to the show, I hope you still liked that episode, and I'm still glad that you're with me. Uh, but that, that uh, a year ago, I did that, a little bit over, I guess, now, a year ago, I did that episode on the day that I had heard that Neil Peart died. Uh, only episode, I think, of the show's history that I actually cried during. Uh, so that's, uh, that's something that's out there. Uh, Neil Peart passed away and we've just passed the one year anniversary. Uh, I'm still personally kind of reeling from that. And I still personally just every now and again, I'll be going, uh, uh, going about my day completely normally. And I'll just have a moment where I'll remember, ah, damn it, Neil Peart's dead, you know, and that, that just kind of sinks in for a moment. And, um, uh, with his passing, with the, uh, pardon me, with the anniversary of his passing, uh, I just started listening to some Rush stuff on that day, and and uh, Rush is one of those bands that it's very hard to know where to start. So if you, like me, wanted to hear some Rush, but unlike me, didn't know what you wanted to hear, I wanted to give you a recommendation or two. With Lennon, I just gave you the one recommendation, but with Rush, it's a little bit harder, because there's less definitive kind of Rush compilations out there. There's the Chronicles compilation, which is weirdly missing from my Rush collection. I, uh, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, I used to borrow my brother's copy, and then I bought every Rush album, and I haven't needed the Chronicles compilation, so I don't have it, and that seems like an omission, because I have the other compilations out there for them, or at least the ones that are important and authorized by the band, uh, but I don't have Chronicles, which uh, it seems like I should find a copy of that. It's good, but it stops a little bit too early. Uh, if you want to get into Rush and you want a good picture of the whole of their career, I'm going to recommend the Retrospective series. It's a series of three discs, and it doesn't quite go as late as you want it to. It doesn't cover quite their whole career, but it gets you through the year 2008, which is a pretty good sampling. That gets you through, what, Snakes and Arrows, I believe? Uh, and maybe a little bit of feedback? I don't know if there's anything from feedback on it. Uh, hang on, let me pull up the track list on it. Uh, I don't think there's anything from feedback on it, but feedback was a covers thing. But it, it at least gets you up through uh, Snakes and Arrows, which uh, is a good album. Uh, that's not quite the end of their career, but it gets you pretty close to the end of their career. But the Rush Retrospective 1 through 3, they're all out there. They're all pretty readily available. They're all re pretty readily affordable. They give you a good glimpse into a 40-year history of one of the world's great progressive rock bands. And if you don't know where to start with Rush... That's a good collection. That's a good series of discs to get. To be honest with you, I would probably start with retrospective number two, because the early stuff is a little bit hard to get into if you're... Look, we all know that Geddy Lee's voice is an acquired taste, 
and in the early part of Rush's career, he was very, very screechy. At the time that Rush rose into prominence, you either sang with a high voice or you sang the blues, and and Getty sang with a high voice. And uh, uh, it's it's weird though because so many people that I hear say that uh, oh I just I can't stand Getty Lee's voice. Well, then go on to tell me that they're fans of Led Zeppelin and they're fans of Yes. And I don't see a difference there. But uh, if if you think that Getty's voice is going to be a problem for you, start with maybe the second disc of the retrospective series, maybe even the third. I'll be honest with you, the third wave of Rush's career from basically, well, I guess on the retrospectives it's presto onward, but in my mind it's hold your fire onward. Uh, that sort of stage of Rush's career is my favorite. I really dialed into them there. My favorite Rush album, if you're looking for an individual album, is Counterparts. Although, if you're looking for an individual album and you're not me, the kind of group consensus on what their best album is is Moving Pictures. I like Counterparts. But uh, I, you're, you're, you're not going to be in the wrong grabbing the retrospective discs, and if you want to avoid some of the screechiness of the vocal, maybe start on disc two or disc three. Uh, if you don't care about that, then start from disc one and just go on and watch the evolution of the band and marvel at how incredible it is. Uh, either way... The retros the retrospective discs are uh, I may have said retroactive by the way throughout this so I'm not really sure. Uh, the retrospective is the actual name of the three discs. Those discs are great. If you can find the two disc version of the third one, it has a great DVD feature on it that features a DVD interview that they did with uh, Stephen Colbert on the Colbert Report days that is delightful and is worth your time. Uh, I don't know how easy that is to find. You may need to find a used copy, but I like that a lot and it makes me very happy every time I watch it. Uh, also, if you don't want to just do a greatest hits like that, a really good introduction to the band and a really good introduction to the guys and how weird and fun they are. Check out Beyond the Lighted Stage, the documentary that they did, that I believe is still available on Netflix, maybe also on Prime. It's a documentary that they did a few years ago that just kind of talked about the history of the band, and it's really engrossing and kind of gives you an introduction to their music, an introduction to their story, and you also just kind of fall in love with the guys in the band through watching it, because they're all featured in it, and they're all talking about it, and very open and very forthright and very human and enjoyable, uh, check out the Beyond the Lighted Stage documentary. So that's that's what I'm going to recommend to you if you don't know where to start with Rush, but you you know that Neil Peart's loss was huge and you've been wanting to get into them, but you don't know how. Start with the retrospective series and also watch Beyond the Lighted Stage. Maybe even start with Beyond the Lighted Stage, because it's genuinely a beautiful movie. I've even reviewed it on a past iteration of this show uh, before it, like, back years and years ago, before the sort of revamped, relaunched version of this show, if you've been listening that long, then God bless you. But uh, uh, the, there, years and years ago, you can find it on the blog if you try really, really hard over at emptycheckingblogspot.com. You can eventually dig deep enough that you will find what I'm talking about. I talked about the Beyond the Lighted Stage documentary when it first came out, and uh, it's still a really, really great introduction to the band. 
and I, I can say that not just as a fan. I can say that because I have a very good friend who has never liked Rush, who still, to this day, does not like Rush because he can't get past Getty's voice because he's, even though he's a fan of Yes and Led Zeppelin, he can't get past Getty's voice, which I understand, but I also don't understand. Uh, he's not a Rush fan, but he watched that documentary, I think partially just because he's friends with me and he knew that they're important to me, which is sweet. Uh, he watched that, and he really, really loved the documentary, and he had a great time watching it, and he went out of his way to tell me, hey, on a whim, I watched that documentary, and it, had, it, it was a really good time, and it made me appreciate that band in a way that I didn't think I ever would. And uh, that's how good that movie is. You don't even have to be a fan of the band to enjoy it. So check that out, if nothing else, even if you know that you will never be a Rush fan. Still watch that documentary, because it's a really good time, and you don't have to be a, a fan of the band to really enjoy it and to get a lot out of it. Uh, but if you want to get into the music, those retrospective discs are there, or you can grab counterparts, or you can grab moving pictures, or you can grab whatever else people will recommend to you. Every Rush fan is going to yell a different series of albums at you. Most of them are going to mention moving pictures. But, uh, uh, you know, you end up liking what you like. But that's, uh, that's what I'm going to end up recommending to you here today. And uh, I hope that that uh, meant something. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But if you're a fan of the show and you, for some reason, take what I say as gospel, first of all, God help you. Second, that's uh, what I say is gospel. So, uh, amen, and pass the something. Look, I'm also going to talk about David Bowie. There is a... Uh there, there's an emergency vehicle siren happening in the background of this right now. I don't know if you can hear that, but I could in my headphones, so maybe you could too. I'm going to talk about David Bowie. Uh, we recently passed the five-year anniversary of the loss of David Bowie. We also passed what should have been his birthday. He, uh, he passed away two days after his birthday five years ago, and that's, uh, that's a bummer. But, uh, yeah, January the 10th is the anniversary of the loss of David Bowie, and this year was the fifth year, and, uh, that felt significant because of, partially because of the David Bowie song, Five Years, which is part of the Ziggy Stardust album, where he talks about, uh, in that song, how the Earth only has five years left to live, so after David Bowie died, uh, the fifth anniversary of that, we saw an insurrection at the nation's capital, and uh, a, 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 a virus that is deadly worldwide, uh, it felt significant on a number of levels that we were at the fifth year anniversary of the loss of David Bowie, but uh, he passed away five years ago on January the 10th, and uh, that was certainly something that I marked in my personal life and that I thought about a lot in my personal life because it uh, uh, hit me like a ton of bricks when Bowie died. There's an episode in the archive of this show where you can hear me talk about that at great extent. Uh, one that was also fairly well responded to, by the way. Thank you, dear listeners, dear checkmates. 
but uh, yeah, Bowie's been gone for five years, and I have taken time each of those years to mark the occasion and to think about him. I, at the very least, listened to his final album, Black Star, which is actually not the one that I want to talk about on this particular episode. It's probably been a confusingly difficult experience to live in a post-David Bowie world if you're not a David Bowie fan, because all of the David Bowie fans have been talking about him non-stop, and all of your friends who are seriously into David Bowie have been just screaming at you about uh, how much they love David Bowie, and maybe you don't know what to say back, and you maybe care enough about the people in your life who love David Bowie that you want to know more about him, or maybe you don't even have one of those people in your life, but you just keep hearing the name pop up and you think, I, I, I've, I've heard changes, but what, what should I like by David Bowie? Uh, I wanted to give you a place to start because uh, I, I know that it's hard to get into an artist who's been around since the 70s and, uh, or, or longer, and uh, I, 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 I feel your pain in that. I'm the kind of guy who will just do trial and error myself. If there's a band that I know that I've got a blind spot on, I'll just grab something and listen to it, and sometimes it's the wrong thing. I want to help you find the right thing. And there's a great David Bowie collection out there that I think is a wonderful thing to listen to in recognition of what he did as an artist. And uh, it came out a couple of years before he died, but I think it's also in its way a wonderful tribute to his work because it kind of covers everything. Even though Black Star, the album, hadn't come out when this when this collection came out, uh, it still kind of touches on it because he'd released one of those songs as a single, and it's on here. So uh, what I'm talking about is the David Bowie compilation "Nothing Has Changed," which came out. In 2014, so a couple of years before he died, uh, a couple or one, whatever the math is on that, I'm bad at basic math. Some of you are probably good at basic math and could tell me how far 2014 is from 2021, but that's that's the kind of thing that, like, sitting in my shoes, no one could ever possibly know how many years that is, but maybe you do. Uh, this came out in 2014, the Nothing Has Changed set, which I'm holding in my hands, so I'm calling it this. Uh, you, maybe the syntax of that is confusing to, uh, for, of, at? Maybe it didn't make sense to you, but to me, I've got it in my hands, so I'm calling it this. The nothing has changed set, some of this is the vodka talking, the nothing has changed set is, uh, there were various versions of it released. I think there was a two-disc and a three-disc version. There may have even been a one-disc version out there. There are various vinyl compilations. I'm going to recommend that you get the three-disc version, the three-CD version, uh, or however that works out in downloads. It's the one with the most songs on it. I would recommend that because it covers everything and does it very, very well. And the concept of the album of the collection is that it starts with the most recent stuff and then goes back in time and ends with his earliest stuff. And that's really cool. Uh, so you pop in CD1 and you're treated to the song Sue, aka In a Season of Crime, which is uh, the most recent thing on the collection. It was also on Black Star, but Black Star had not come out yet. 
so it's it was just kind of a single at the time, but you start with Sue and then you work back through the Next Day album and back through the uh, Reality album and so on and so on, and you just kind of go back in time. The stuff that most of you probably will have heard on the radio is going to be on disc two, uh, or uh, you know, Space Oddity is on disc one, uh, but a lot of the stuff that you're going to be most familiar with is going to be in the early part of his career, but I love that this collection starts with the later stuff, because that's honestly my favorite Bowie. I really love the stuff that he wrote, frankly, after he stopped playing his hits live and just started playing whatever he wanted to play. Uh, so the the more recent stuff is really cool. And this is a great set because it works even if you're a longtime Bowie fan, because it's got different mixes and different edits on it of some of these songs, and it's got a couple of songs that aren't available anywhere else. There's a handful of songs on here that he wrote that just never appeared on anything else that finally came out on this three-disc set. And that's a treat for those of us who are longtime fans, mixed in with stuff that it's 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 stuff that's familiar, but it's a little different, and that's really cool. And uh, there's a lot of single versions on here, which I don't always support. I usually like the full version of a song, like the album version of a song. But uh, even the single mixes on here, I I really enjoy, and it's really good. Uh, it's. The Nothing Has Changed set is a really good window into who David Bowie was up until the very end of his career. And after that, I mean, really, if you only buy this collection and the album Black Star and maybe Ziggy Stardust, uh, you've kind of got a pretty good window into who Bowie was. And uh, if you've been looking for a place to start, I really can't think of a better recommendation than Nothing Has Changed. I'm going to do you the extra bonus of telling you that it would be best listened to in either the rain or on a very cold, kind of cloudy, maybe even slightly snowy day, because that uh, that is the right vibe for this collection, especially the first disc of it, which I really, really love. Uh, Bowie is one of those artists that has meant the world to me, as is Rush, and I can't think of a better place to start than the Nothing Has Changed set if you're looking for a place to start of the stuff that is out right now. Obviously, there's still Changes 1 out there, there's Changes 2, there's a, there's, there's a million collections of David Bowie's stuff, but the Nothing Has Changed set, as a longtime fan, it really touched my heart, and it really meant a lot to me to get it, and it covers absolutely everything, and I think that you'd really enjoy listening to it if you just need a place to start. Uh, so that's that's my recommendations for Bowie, that's my recommendations for Rush, and that's my recommendations for John Lennon. I hope that that was maybe helpful to some of you who just have been meaning to dip your foot in the water of the careers of these bands who make up oceans of sound. This metaphor fell apart before it started, but I, I what I'm saying is... I hope that maybe you'll listen to one of those things if you've never listened to any of these bands before and that you'll walk away loving some of those songs because so many of the songs that are on the handful of albums that I've talked about just now mean the world to me and are very important in my life and they could be in yours too and we'll have more to talk about in the comments sections and in real life and so on. Uh, do you agree? Are you a big fan of one of these bands and you have other thoughts 
contact me. You can either comment on the blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com or you can comment on emptychecking.podbean.com. I will see either one of those. I will get notifications to it. I will not get notifications if you just comment on your podcast app of choice. I don't follow every podcast app feed. I know some people comment on some of that stuff. I will never see it. Please contact me in a way that I can respond. Uh, you can also email me via my website over at DerekBrink.com, or the email address there is db, my initials, db, at DerekBrink.com, and uh, I would be glad to talk with you and get back with you and maybe even read the thing that you wrote to me on the show if it raises a good enough point or is a question that I think would be fun to talk about. So that's, uh, that's the music that I wanted to talk about this week. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope maybe it opened up your eyes and ears and other senses, uh, feelings, probably, to stuff that maybe you want to get into. Uh, if not, then this was a colossal waste of your time, and I apologize, and maybe the next episode will be for you. Staring in the mirror saying you deserve good It doesn't sound like the truth even though you know that it should You can't keep breaking knuckles, knocking on wood You don't understand why you feel misunderstood Well, I think that's about it, folks checkmates i should say i think that's about it checkmates i think that's about all we have to talk about this week we are in a weird cycle of the year where there's really not new music or art or things coming out that i want to talk about uh there i mean there's obviously stuff coming out but there's not anything that i've picked up yet uh hopefully that'll change here soon i honestly have been a little bit lax at even looking at the new release schedule to know what music or movies or tv shows are coming out that I would be interested in. I should probably do that, because uh, if nothing else, even if not for show purposes, I've got a life that uh, would be enriched by these things. So uh, I'll look into that. But right now we're in a cycle where I'm not really buying anything new, so we're just kind of talking about whatever I want to talk about. If there's something you want to hear me talk about, let me know, and I'll be probably glad to talk about that thing if I have anything to say about it. But I think that's it for this week. The only other thing going on in my life is that I have had a pain in the ass that is revolving around my car that I'm driving. Uh, I've had it in the shop a lot with various problems here lately. It's a 2009 vehicle, so it's getting up there in age. There's going to come a time soon where I'm going to have to figure out a new car, and that is terrifying. But, uh, yeah, I, I've been having some problems with my car. Right now, I uh, uh, it was without a battery in it for a little while, just because of uh, the battery had bad cells in it, is the long and short of it. And I had an argument with a guy in an AutoZone over that, and then was proven right, uh, because AutoZone employees often are not the most knowledgeable about the products that they're selling you. Uh, the guy kept saying to me, well, that doesn't happen with an eight-year Duralast battery. I said, yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying that it's defective. Uh, the, it's not supposed to happen. That's the discussion that we're having. But he just wouldn't accept it. The shop that I then took the, the car to confirmed it, and I felt great. But uh, anyway... Uh, I've had a lot of problems with my car, and because it was without power, I'm now having trouble 
passing emissions testing, which exists in Missouri for some stupid reason, and uh, therefore having trouble renewing my license plates, which has to happen by the end of this month, or I'll be driving illegally. Uh, so I'm working on that. I'm trying to drive it enough to where it cycles through and the computer in the car wakes up enough that they can test the damn emissions and I can pay the state to let me drive some more. That's, uh, that's what my life has been in the past week and a half or so. Uh, that's the main thing going on in my life. Uh, other than, you know, just watching stuff, listening to stuff. You know who I am. And, uh, now I'm recording stuff for you. I'm also recording stuff for me and for other, and for other people. I'm working on new music. There'll be new Derek Brink music this year. Uh, I know I said that there would be new Derek Brink music last year, uh, even after I put out the Departure album, and that didn't happen because I got lazy and, uh, other things happened. But there'll be new Derek Brink music this year, probably two albums. Uh, they're both actually pretty close to done. This is the first time I've said that to people. Uh, you'll get two albums this year. They'll both be good. One's a little bit more folky. One's a little bit more punky. Uh, it'll be a good time. You'll 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 have a good time with the new music, I think, if you like me. If you don't, then I, I really don't know what you're doing listening to the show. But if you if you like me and the stuff that I do, you'll probably enjoy what I got coming for you. Uh, and I'm working on that pretty hard. So uh, if one week I miss an upload because I'm working on that, my advanced apologies, but uh, I'm excited about it. It's good stuff, and, and, and you'll like it. Some of it's dark and sad, and some of it's really fun and stupid. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit like knowing me. Anywho, that's what's going on in my life. Uh, drop me a line. Let me know what's going on in yours. I hope everybody out there is doing okay. I hope that everybody's feeling the renewed sense of energy and uh, that your spirits have been buoyed as have mine with the inauguration of President Joe Biden. I can't get enough of saying that, uh, President Joe Biden. I, I hope that you're uh, hope that you're feeling good and you're feeling better than you have been for the last four years. I know that I am. There was a deep sigh of relief when I knew that Joe had walked into the Oval Office for the first time. And I hope you felt that too. In the meantime, folks, COVID-19 is still a very serious threat, especially with it mutating out there into a more deadly strain. Please remain vigilant. Please social distance as much as you can. Don't do stuff that you don't need to do. And if you do need to do stuff, please wear a mask. As always, please, 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 please remember that black lives matter. And beyond that, be good to each other. Be good to yourself. Forgive each other and forgive yourself. And while you're doing that, check us out next time. This this vodka really sneaks up on you.